This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast, Derek here. And Jason. Uh, massive. It's verdict day, Jason, and it is a massive victory for Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, the verdict came in, just won $8.35 million that Amber Heard now owes to her ex-husband, Johnny Depp. There's a lot of details here to break down, um, and we'll, we're, we're going to go ahead and do that for you, but the takeaway is she owes him a boatload of cash. Yeah, so as, as you all know, there was there were two st- sets of claims here. The first was Johnny Depp had sued Amber Heard for fifty million dollars, arguing that statements that she had made suggesting that he had domestic that he had abused her uh, were were defamatory. Um, she countersued for a hundred million dollars, basically saying your statements that your lawyer's statements, your lawyer's statements that I had concocted the claims of domestic abuse, abuse were defamatory. So I want a hundred million dollars. The jury uh, st- stated that each of the three statements that Johnny Depp had identified as defamatory, that Amber Heard had spoken, were all in fact defamatory. She had lied about him in all three statements, uh, and in, for that, and word, malicious. They were they were malicious, uh, meaning that she knew that they were false. The time that she said it, she said it with the purpose of injuring him, and as a result, they awarded her ten million dollars. They awarded him. $10 million in compensatory damages, basically the his losses, his economic losses as a result of the false statements, and then $5 million more dollars as a result of punitive damages, basically looking to punish Amber Heard for the comments. Now, the uh, $5 million is going to be reduced under Virginia law. You're only allowed to get $350,000 max in punitive damages in these types of cases, so they'll cap the $5 million. He'll only get the $10 million plus the Three fifty. Right. So, so the judgment in his favor at that point stands at ten million three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Now, the jury did something very interesting. That as Derek and I were listening to this, and they first announced the the uh, victory for Johnny Depp, we didn't see coming, which is they also said that Amber Heard was defamed by Johnny Depp when he made some sort of convoluted statements about the fact that she had lied about an incident of abuse when in fact she had conspired with her friends and her lawyers to make it look to police like he had he had abused her, but he actually hadn't. Right. It was a statement. It was in the Daily Mail. It wasn't as big as the Washington Post op-ed that this whole case was really uh, circulating around. It was a a statement by Johnny's lawyer saying it was all a hoax. Amber won that. uh, The jury found that that was defamatory towards Amber. To call Amber a liar about making up things and conspiring with lawyers and lying to cops, that itself was a lie. And for that statement... Uh, they awarded her $2 million in compensatory damages. She got zero in punitive, so the cap of three fifty doesn't come into play. But the $2 million she won offsets the $10 million that Johnny won, and Johnny's left with a net of $8,350,000. Still a big, big verdict. It's a big, big verdict. What's interesting, the two inter- interesting takeaways for me. Number one, the in, in every respect, even in what 
the part that Amber won, there was no finding that Johnny had ever abused Amber Heard. I think that is the jury's finding, that there was no finding that he physically abused Amber Heard. That's takeaway number one. They believed him. He said on yes. the stand, I never laid a hand on her, and that was his task to prove that he never abused her. Right. Because if he even abused her once, it wouldn't have been defamatory to say she was an abused woman. So right. that's what the jury believed. So they found that. Number two. There's something interesting happened. The jury initially made a mistake. They came out, presented the jury forms to the, the forms they fill out before it is read in open court, announcing their verdict. They handed that to the judge as, the, as they do. The judge said, judge said, there's something missing. I need to send the jury back. They hadn't assigned an amount of damages. So the jury had forgotten or failed to do one of the two things they had to do. Number one, they had to find out whether there's liability on whose on who's part. And number two, if there is liability, which What's they the found harm? for both, how much, how much is the damages you're going to award? They had not done the second part. And when that happened, Derek and I were sitting there with Harvey and we said, well, it's going to take, this could take another day because they're going to throw out amounts. They've got to deliberate between the juries about how much it is. Experts came out. Remember, yes. he sued for $50 million. Yes. She sued for $100 million. Where are they going to come up with the right number? You right. got to look at the expert testimony. They the came jury back comes quickly. back in two minutes with a finding of $15 million. The $5 million was later reduced, whatever. But they but came back with finding. a finding of $15 million. So they went back there and they said, we really dislike this woman. And we really think that he was wronged. And we really think that she lied. And we really don't think that what he did was so bad. So we're going to give him a net total of $13 million, 15 minus the two I, they awarded to her. I think there's no other conclusion you can draw than that this jury really hated Amber Heard. Because when you award punitive damages, the whole purpose of them is to punish the person for doing something wrong. Compensating Johnny for the harm that was done to him are compensatory damages. It's yeah. saying, look, his career was derailed by these lies. They also said that she did it maliciously, and right. we want to punish her further than just what he lost in damages. Punitive damages are strictly there to give voice to the jury's anger towards one of the parties. That's why they exist. If you're really angry and you don't think the amount of his financial loss as a result of moving losing movie roles is enough, you have this other tool at your disposal to give uh, punitive damages. And they said, that's another five mil. That's how much we dislike her and what we think that she did was so very, very bad. So I want to, so what are Amber's moves here? I think we should shift to, a Amber lost this case. I, look, every claim that Johnny brought against her, uh, Johnny won. And so, there was no finding that, that he ever physically abused her, which is right. a huge defeat for her. It's a huge defeat. Now, I look at these statements, I wonder why some of them that Johnny was suing over even made it to a jury trial. I, I, you know, I, I'm no expert here, but some of the statements were very generalized, Jason. Is this going to be potentially grounds for an appeal that this shouldn't have made it this far to trial? Did the judge make an error in even sending this case beyond summary judgment and getting these questions to a jury and possibly confusing them? I so wonder. There's a few questions that have to be asked. I, I think primarily is one. it's a financial one for Amber, right? Because the chance of her winning on appeal, as much as we hear about it in the news sometimes and certainly on television, winning on appeal does not happen that often. The the appellate courts give a lot of deference to lower courts to uphold their judgments whenever possible. So I think it's unlikely she would win. Even if she thinks she has a good case, her lawyers would tell her, look, no matter how good of a case we think we might have an appeal, it's a very good chance you're going to lose. And Amber, you know, we don't know how much money Amber has exactly. We know it's not in the tens of millions. She's not been acting for that long. She has a couple big roles in the Aquaman movies. But other than that, she hasn't had these huge franchise kind of movie deals. She's on the hook to him for $8 million. 
She has to pay her lawyers a couple million dollars or so for what they've done for her so far. She hasn't really worked except for Aquaman 2 in the last five, few years. Um, this her, hurts. Her her career has really been derailed by the trial and her newfound reputation as being sort of a not very likable person. I think it's a huge risk for her. It's an all or nothing risk to appeal this, go through another couple years where she's paying through the nose to her lawyers to continue to, uh, to the appeal. I think it's her, I, I, I can't believe she'll appeal, but you never know. You never know, and I think someone will take up the mantle of a, of gaining some stardom by taking the case pro bono. I see that as a potential outcome here where someone says, Amber was done wrong in this case. This was a case won on Twitter and TikTok through memes. Yeah. It was a disgusting display and really want to take up the, the, the mantle for Amber Heard. You better win. You, you better, better win, win, but you could gain some fame. Look, Camille Vasquez became famous during yeah. the course of this case. Uh, to to a, a lesser extent, Elaine Bredhoff, Amber's attorney, really sort of fell flat and, yeah. and had took a hit to her reputation. So you're right. There is a risk with representing Amber Heard. I think you'll see some sort of appeal because this is devastating. Don't, she needs to just sort of throw a Hail Mary. He, here's my prediction. I think Johnny Depp, in an effort to completely rehabilitate himself, comes out and says, I'm you know what? What we've spent, we've spent. Maybe Amber, pay a million dollars towards my legal fees. Maybe he doesn't, doesn't do that. He just said, what is spent is spent. Let's put water into the bridge. Let's go our separate ways. Best of luck to you. I hope you really make it in this town. Let me know if there's anything I can do for you. <laughs> I think, I think you're right. I can see that magnanimity because yeah. yes. he's going to have his career back potentially. I mean, that's uh, the big takeaway here is do we ever. see another Pirates movie? His star was kind of fading. It's bigger and brighter than it has been in the last decade. John, Johnny Depp can really capitalize on this. Yeah, he really can. I mean, he has suffered. His career, is, as to your point, has not been where it was. He did he did the uh, Harry Potter sequels. He's yes. been in, the, in, in a couple which of those. Which have been kind of flops. Which have, well, relative, relative, relative to the flops. initial yes, Harry Potter Yes, although movies. he's not a lead. Um, his last real major lead was in the Pirates of the Caribbean. If you guys have seen like three and good God, good those are goodness. disasters. <laughs> so his career really did need a shot in the arm. He certainly got it. I mean, he is now as famous. And I said earlier, and I got a little pushback as famous as he's ever been. Cause I know when Pirates one came out, he's one of the biggest stars in the world, but there's a whole generation of people. My kids, for example, who have no idea who Johnny Depp is, except in the context of this case. And now, despite their young girls think he's awesome. And what about Amber? Done. Uh, they think that she is. Oh, done. General. They think I mean, done in this town. Does she yeah. have the talent to buttress a career after a defeat like this in a trial that was the biggest one since OJ Simpson? We, you and I, have worked at TMZ long enough to know that nobody's career is ever finished if they make the right steps. She needs to obviously re-establish herself and it might take a long, long time. Um, and she needs to get the sort of the stink of of the public opinion off for a little bit because people really did turn against her in a very mean way. I think you're right. Uh, in the Twitterverse, you know, during She needs this to thing. take a time out and just let things relax. Yeah. I think if she comes out too guns blazing, uh, carrying the flag saying she was wronged, I think it'll only add fuel to it. I think she should be quiet maybe for a little while and then try to reemerge. I think that's probably her best. Yeah, path. she obviously is. A, she's very talented. I think as an actress, sure. she's always been thought of as very talented. She's one of the most beautiful women in the world. Um, so I think given those two things, there's a market for her as an actress, but it's going to take some time. She has a really negative sort yeah. of, you, you know, uh, a connotation in the in the world's eyes right now. She needs to get over that somehow. Let me ask one more question before before we leave here. So there was the trial in the UK, not nearly as public of a trial, where Johnny Depp lost. He had sued a publication uh, in, in the UK that the judge in that case determined that Johnny Depp, there was enough evidence to support that Johnny Depp was a wife beater. It wasn't defamatory for a publication in the UK to call him a wife beater. Yeah. Now you have this case, which is a more direct assault, uh, you know, Johnny versus Amber. That was Johnny versus the publication. It was a huge public trial. Everyone followed 
followed it for the last three weeks. Do those two cancel out? Do, does anyone even remember the UK yeah. trial? We have these two incoherent, inconsistent verdicts out there. Yeah. What do you take from Cle- that? Clearly no one remembers the UK trial. I mean, I, frankly, I didn't even remember really that it happened, except that it had brought up so often in the context of the new trial. I think what you're dealing with there is just the UK has a very different set of evidentiary laws and a very different, you know. And the judge made the call there, the not a judge, jury. The judge, not a jury. And also, it was not Amber Heard sitting across the t- across the aisle. It was a British publication that was there. And what happened here, right, Derek, is that the jury seems to have turned against Amber Heard. The facts sometimes, and it's not jury's faults or human beings, right? Sometimes they the facts take a back seat to the personalities and how you feel about the people. And obviously, that same vitriol that they found for Amber Heard did not exist with the publication, right? I, I think that's exactly right. The, the, she was in court every day. She got on the stand and, and cried in this case, and the jury did not buy it. At all. Whereas in the UK case, you're right, it's a publication up there. Johnny lost that case. It yeah. wasn't as emotionally charge and 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 didn't pit Johnny Depp the, the superstar against his ex-wife in the quite the same way and when you do that the big yeah. bigger celebrity wins sometimes last que- last question I have for you yep. so forever it has been the trope and it's true that uh, that women often come forward with claims of sexual uh, assault by by powerful men they are turned away they suffer financial and reputational harm as a result isn't that exactly what happened to Amber Heard here? Doesn't this really do something awful to our feelings of Me Too and women now have more empowered and we can come forward and be heard? She came forward. She was not heard. Yeah. They ignored what she said uh, or didn't believe what she said. I don't want to do them to disservice. They didn't believe what she said and they punished her both immediate punishment in the financial uh, verdict, but also reputationally in the career. Her career might be over. I, look, it's impossible not to look at this case as as the pendulum swimming, swinging in the opposite direction from Me Too. I mean, you have to look at this case through this lens because one of the statements that she sued over that she lost was, I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our culture's wrath. T- that has to change. She made that statement at the height of the Me Too movement. And that and was now, found to be defamatory. And that statement was found to be defamatory towards Johnny Depp, and she has now faced our culture's wrath in the form of a massive jury verdict against her. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, how that movement sort of deals with this. Uh, It's fascinating to me because you're right. I think this will silence more women. She went through an entire public trial where she was I don't know, called called a liar, you know, maligned on the internet for three weeks plus, cried on the stand, and still just lost a massive verdict. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I watched this whole thing. I see, I see that she came off as not the best person in the world. That was my takeaway as well. I nevertheless come out of this feeling really bad for her. Me too. Yeah. Are you ready to shop? Ragaton's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including Ray-Ban, Good American, and Ulta. Ragaton is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals. During Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th, the cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for apparel and electronics, and you can save on everything you need for the summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of Big Give Week's 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Just go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. 
Let's let's switch gears. Go to Top Gun. You guys oh, know the man. Movie, so you I I'm so stoked about this. So Top Gun killed at the box office this weekend. Uh, it, it pulled in 156 million dollars domestically over the four day weekend, which is a lot which of money, right? It sets a new record over the memorial. Yes, yeah, it's, a lot, it it's a, gigantic it, post COVID numbers. It, I mean, we're it's, really it's past the new it. record for yeah. Memorial Day weekend in that window since speaking of Johnny Depp, since Pirates Three actually. Pirates Three was the last record holder at 153. A pre COVID movie. Pre COVID movie. I'm impressed with it that this COVID yeah. sort of back it and did, raging yeah. a little bit. For and sure. Got and 156 it, million dollars worth of tickets in movie theaters. That's right. And it's also, I was surprised by this. It was, it's Tom Cruise's first $100 million opening ever in his whole career, which is crazy to think about because he's been around a long time. Uh, and by the way, I should just mention, all the money is well deserved. It's totally deserved. This movie is you guys both saw it and it's loved spectacular. it. Spectacular! It's just so good. I mean, you saw it. What did, what did you think? I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, it's interesting to, to hear that you liked it as much as I did. I loved it, but a lot of that was because I was a young middle schooler when the first one came out. So you grew up with Top Gun. I grew up with Top Gun, yeah. and it's hard to state what a huge phenomenon it was. I mean, I guess sort of an end game would be the the closest thing. Obviously, that's different. That was the end of a twenty two movie run or whatever it was, right. and this was a standalone. But Tom Cruise instantly became the biggest star in the world. The movie mm. was the biggest thing that summer. Every Halloween costume that October was a Tom Cruise. Pop was a, culture, well, everything. Uh, pop culture, who, Tom Cruise, who's he dating? It became Aviators. It was an absolute <laughs> phenomenon that I don't even know in this sort of saturated media culture we can get to anymore. Right. So, sort of in the way that Michael Jackson was a phenomenon. I think, don't right. think we'll ever get to the same time period. The fact that you both so, loved it, though, is a testament to fan service yes. for guys like Jason right. and a good movie for yes. guys like you who didn't necessarily grow up with Top yes. Gun yes. and just so, enjoyed this as a film. I have a concern, though. What is uh, your concern? It's not a perfect movie, yeah. right? If you were picking nits, you, you could pick nits throughout this movie. There's a, there's one storyline which I think sort of falls flat. That, sure. you, you know, there's some things like that, and I think that it's being built up. So the second Wave. weekend watchers, Derek, maybe you if you go see it this yeah, weekend. Yeah. I, I know, I know you're, this. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's not a perfect movie. It, it, it's not like going to see, you know, Schindler's List. And you're going right. to walk out and hyperanalyze every scene and go, "Why right. this is a one of the great movie making experiences of all time." But it's definitely it's not one of the that, best blockbusters in a long yes, time. Agreed. That for sure. You know what I love about this the most, and I haven't seen it, but you're right. I'm going in with higher expectations, which may not be good. But <laughs> what I love is that it's the triumph of a movie that's not a superhero movie. That's, that's what I've seen, and, and, and seen and written that, a lot. Is like Tom Cruise the, has taken on the mantle yeah. of. I'm There's bringing not I'm, just superhero no, movies. I'm going to regular blockbuster. Yes. That, that, that to me is just a false narrative. It is every bit of superhero movie, really? except the fact that he's a human being, except the fact <laughs> that he doesn't technically have superpowers. But he still has superpowers. It's a it's a superhero movie. In sure, every but there's sense no like the stinger at the end. It's, it's there's not, no Marvel universe you need to understand. That's, that's you can true. just go and enjoy a movie that's, and go home. That's right? true. That's and, true. And, and to your point, though, people are giving Tom Cruise props for kind of taking on the cause of I'm going to revive theaters. Yeah. I'm going to keep m m traditional movies alive, if you will, because there's a lot of it's all pra it's mostly practical. There's a few special effects sure. here and there, but it's mostly practical practical effects, which makes it more that much more impressive. But yeah, like Tom Cruise, people have argued this too. Like he is kind of one of the last movie stars of our era that is still kind of doing his thing and still has that old oh, school movie star appeal. Absolutely. You, you don't see movie stars like that anymore. It's a bunch of like 20 somethings like Timothy Chalamet is he a movie star? I don't know. He, I don't know has, what he, is. he is the blockbuster, the singular star of Jason and my generations who, who has held the line and not touched 
uh, superhero movies. You right. know, I, I don't think of him like Brad Pitt and Leo. Leo and Brad Pitt make real serious movies. They work with Marty Scorsese sure. a lot. They, sure. You know, Tom Cruise is a blockbuster guy. He makes he Mission Impossible. He tried a little bit of acting with Born in the Fourth of July and yeah, Color yeah, Money yeah. early on, but now he is a he's a blockbuster guy and he doesn't touch superhero movies. I think it's awesome that right. he has this success. He keeps so Marvel we'll at just, arm's length. Yeah, so that yeah. we'll see different kinds of movies. I look, I've watched all the superhero movies, but I recently saw Jason and I were talking about um, what's it called? Uh, Multiverse. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the end. To me, it, it's sort of inflection point of like I'm kind of tired of these movies. This is too much. This yeah. seems silly. Can we come I don't out, know where can they're we come going. Out and say that movie was a fucking disaster. I thought it was terrible. Are you, are you I really okay. didn't <laughs> like it. Yeah. I, I thought they, you live in a world where there are no consequences. Then the movie is uninteresting. Uh, if if I, anything I can happen, There's then no nothing's stakes. interesting. There's no, no stakes. stakes. It's right. hard to make stakes for movies. For like sure. That. Anyway, we digress. But I'm excited about Top Gun. And it was great. It's a good movie. Hit checks all the boxes for me. But listen to the Movie Watchers Pod. TMZ's Movie Watchers podcast. We're gonna be talking about it today. Actually, oh, there we go. There's the plug. There we go. All right, let's move on to our last story. And Jason, this one you would like to lead, I heard. Uh, Michael Blackson. Oh, well, no. <laughs> so Michael Blackson came out and made some news. He was on the It's Tricky podcast, speaking right. of podcasts within the team's Raquel network Harper. Right. with Raquel Har- our very own Raquel Harper. Michael Blackson, the very famous uh, comedian right. born, born in Africa, yep. irrelevant mm-hmm. to the story, but just to identify who, who he is, um, and has been a, a really terrific, sort of not only comedian, but up-and-coming actor, wasn't coming to America, too. He came out and he said that he has an interesting relationship with his fiance specifically mm. that uh, during he said early in the relationship she enjoyed watching him have sex with other women so she would be in the room and she would watch him have Is, sex isn't with other that women. role usually reverse where it's the guy who's kind of the cuck or whatever I don't know if there's a or, universe I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if there's a universal it is but you're right yeah. typically uh, there are uh, that's certain cliche. relationships that's right. a cliche right yes. right right right, Got right. It. Um, and in fact he said and this is a quote when me and her are having sex you know, and then I'll paraphrase what really uh, makes Turns her happy yeah. <laughs> is when I tell her what I did with the last person I was with. My girl is like, Rada is, is a freak. Okay. She, you know, the thing about it, she has been, I mean, early in the relationship, she, she, she didn't, she, she enjoyed watching me sleep with women. Oh, great. You know, she did. And in fact, I mean, when me are having sex, you know what, what makes her come? When, when she, when I tell her what I do with the last person. <laughs> oh, long, okay. long <laughs> oh, so she's in the whole, <laughs> she's in a whole different ball game. I can imagine whispering that to Mary and her hurting me, not being at all excited, oh but her sort of throttling me or strangling me. Well, <laughs> so this is what blows my the mind. The last person you were with there <laughs> when I was 17. Yeah, yeah. At when camp. I was born. <laughs> right. I saw a vagina for the I, They first put time. me on my mother's chest. Right. So wait, I'm, I'm confused. So he's saying that this is something they used to do in, at the beginning of the relationship. What about now? Are they still well, doing no, he this? Say, he seems to say this in the present tense that he still tells her about the last person he was with. I don't, I think, I got the impression this is still ongoing. Are they are they are they monogamous monogamous or are they polyamorous at this point? Because it sounds like they're still poly, they're, they have an open relationship. That's kind well, of my sense. It's, it's unclear whether she whether gets the to door do is open on both sides. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Sounds right. certainly open in one direction. Yeah, for sure. For him, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, but but it's fascinating. It obviously it opens up the entire discussion about uh, our our parents' ideas of sex sex yeah. and sexuality versus the modern day feel. And a lot of people I think are more and more often are 
fine with it's the also fast relationship. So Michael Blackson is becoming more famous. I mean, he was yeah, in the he's, Coming to America he's sequel. Grow, he's getting up Sometimes there, you sure. see this sort of like unguarded, uh, you know, sort of nature with with questions like that earlier on in someone's yeah, career. Right. He's at like the midpoint, <laughs> and, yeah, and he's, he's still, pretty famous he's to be talking up. this he's openly. Still, you know, you know he doesn't seem guarded. Right. It's, it's refreshing in a way. At his core, he's a comedian. He is. And this is the kind of stuff that comedians talk about, right? Because boy, it. If gets you can a make reaction. Raquel Blanche though, and just sort of sit like. Like a deer yeah. in headlights, you've 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 really accomplished something. Yeah, yeah, a lot. One thing I wanted to say about this is that yeah. it, it kind of reminds me of. I mean, this is look. I'm 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 kind of old school in this sense when it comes to relationships. Like I I don't like the idea of like open relationships. This is so you're a conservative guy. It is. It's, it's counter. My it's wife count- will be so disappointed. <laughs> yeah, but, but this reminds me of like because I you know I know some people or there I know younger people who like are. Some girls are on OnlyFans and things like that. And yes. lately these days, it's very empowering. So and you've this. heard, right? Yes. Yeah. So I've heard. And like, I know some people who are actually in relationships with people who have OnlyFans. And I look at these guys with their girls on OnlyFans and I'm like, that dude, what is wrong with you? Like how, how it's just so like your girl's like showing everything to the world. And in this case, he's actually having sex with somebody. There's no exclusivity. There's nothing special yeah. about that relationship. It's you're talking it's to just, two guys who have been in a monogamous committed <laughs> marriages for uh, longer than a decade. I guess all I'm saying is that this, we're like, well, all this I have begged my wife to show her feet on the internet. I don't, <laughs> it wouldn't bother me in the slightest if Mary were able to monetize her feet. Now, some of this, what about, stuff, what about, what about, what about beyond that though? Yeah, no, that's I, too much. I do get well, a little uncomfortable with beyond that, but beyond that, but monetization, it's a matter of price. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Just polyamory to me is just. Not, I know it's like it sounds fun, and if you're like a young single swinger type or whatever. But if if you're like, the older you get, the more I cringe at polyamory. I'm like, what the fuck? It's just so like it's. It's just I don't. I don't. It's I out can't, there a little bit to, yeah, to some people. I don't know. But you know, to each their own, right? True. I guess that's that's all we can really say about that. Well, on that note, own. Jason, polyamory or yes, yes, no. Uh, <laughs> what's good for Michael Blackson is good for the gander. I, I don't know what what I'm supposed to say right now. All right, guys, uh, that'll do it for us. And uh, I think so. Yeah. Listen to your podcast wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, right? we're on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Apple. Spotify. we're on it wherever. Go stream us. Go check us out. We're on YouTube as well. And uh, I guess we'll catch you guys next time. Bye, guys. Yeah.